Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, and welcome to our morning Bible study with a day of prayer. Promise, can you please pray for us? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for coming into our midst and staying there until the job's done and not half doing your work on us. Lord, I also ask that you continue to work on our behalf and continue to make us into the perfect mold of your figure. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Well, good morning, everyone. We're continuing our study of Colossians. So, could I get a volunteer to read verses? Oh, we're still in chapter one, right, Henny? We are still in chapter one. Chapter one, verse. Uh, we're going to cover. Well, we're going to start in verse nine. So, can I get a volunteer to read from verse nine to eighteen? I will. All right, Charles. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, Okay, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or domains or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Ansel. I enjoyed that. Yes, thank you. So, I want to turn it over to you guys first and hear what the Holy Spirit's ministering to you about these scriptures, talking about the preeminence of Christ. Anything jump out at you that the Holy Spirit is ministering to you? Right. Uh. Go ahead. First, I have a question. Okay. What does preeminence mean? What does it mean? Oh, that's a lovely question. Does anybody know? No. Let me read the dictionary. God, do you? Definition to you. Let's hear it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Preeminence, the fact of surpassing all others, superiority. Oh. Does that make? Yes. And the word preeminent means surpassing all others, very, distingu very distinguished in some way. Mm -hmm. So, in all things, Christ is superior. He has the first place. He has superior, um, he's distinguished above all others. Yes. Okay. okay, so with that, what are you hearing? Well, I was looking at verse 18 and how it said, and he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. I was just, the Lord actually was showing me that with the body of Christ is not that we have the power in ourselves. It's that when he leads us that we are able to do it. Mm -hmm. Like with 
all good operations or plans. You also have somebody to lead you into what to do correctly. He provides both the power and the guidance so that way we can use our own faith and natural powers that he gives us, like the power of our faith, so we can use it for what he wants. But we have to be led. We can't try to all go aimlessly in different directions. It has to be coordinated. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good. Yes, and that's how we move from victory to victory. Mm-hmm. It's not us just running around wildly going, well, I want to conquer that. I want to conquer that. Yeah. It's putting in our own plans in motion and then saying, Lord, bless it. But it's coming into alignment with his plans. And it doesn't mean you can't ask God for what you desire, but bring those things before him and let him cultivate his plan on the inside of you as well. And most of the time he places a desire in our heart so we can come and ask him for it, and then he can bring it to pass. But if it's something that is outside of what he desires for us, he'll also um, refine it and... um, make it align with his will when we give him the opportunity. So that way we do have potent and effectual activities in prayer. Like what you said, Charles. Good job, sir. Anyone else? Why would it say that Jesus was the firstborn before the dead? I don't understand. Firstborn before the dead? From From the the dead. dead. From the dead, because he... Mm-hmm. There is scripture that says that he was the firstborn of many brethren. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you understand that? Uh, no. No. Okay. Well, let me find that scripture first. Romans 8.29. Which says what? Now that everybody's there. You can read it, Layla. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Okay. So with that, Jesus came to earth to what? Um, Redeem us. Okay. And in order to redeem us, he had to be what? Crucified. Okay. And in order to, but in order to be the sacrificial lamb. It had to be what? Without sin. Blameless. Spotless, blameless, without defect, wrinkle, blemish, anything. Right? Yes. So, yes, we all know we are made in the image of Christ. Scripture tells us that plainly. But also, Christ was our pattern and example. Scripture also tells us that. And Christ is the first and only one that has walked this earth, Without sin, pure, blameless, spotless, which is why he has the place of honor. He has, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and his name is above every name. He accomplished what no one else can or could. Mm-hmm. Walking through the earth without any sin, being spotless, and being crucified to or paying the cost of the ransom to redeem us of our sin. Mm-hmm. So Jesus says it like this in John chapter 12, verses 23 and 24. It says, But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. 
And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will, will honor. So Jesus was talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. When he obeyed God to the point of the cross, right, and death, he became that seed for our salvation, right? When he was, when he fell into the ground, when he died and fell into the ground, right, which is seed as he was talking and relating this situation in natural understanding. When he did that, he led captivity captive. Did we find that scripture for me, Henry? I will, yes. So all of us who died were trapped in our sins before Jesus paid the, the penalty for our our sin on the cross because, as your dad said, he was the, the, the lamb that was spotless and blameless, able to redeem us. So when he died, he completed the work in obedience that the Father sent him to that only he could do. And in doing so, he released the captivity, the, the claim that hell and death had on our lives, and he let us free. And not only in that, he restored us to the Father. We now have the ability to come to the Father and receive forgiveness for our sins, so that way we can enter in to the kingdom of heaven. Does that make sense? Yes. So he is preeminent in the way because he is the only superior one who could accomplish this task. Ephesians 4, 7 through 9. It's really verse 8 is what you're looking for. Okay. But to each one of us, grace was given, that's verse 7, according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, that means going back after he was resurrected, going back into heaven, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. So that's talking about his role. And not only that, but the actions that he took and what the depth and the meaning of them were. So the enemy thought, oh, I'm going to kill Jesus. Ha! And... That'll be the end of it. If I just if I kill the seed that you remember in the beginning in Genesis, God gave out, this is what's going to happen now because of this action. You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to bruise your head. So he thought, I'll kill off the seed. I'll get rid of it. Started trying to mingle uh, giant angels with human beings to corrupt the seed so this Messiah could not come forth and crush him. Um, so he thought, oh, I'll kill him. That's the Messiah. If I kill him, I'll get rid of him. And Jesus said plainly for all to hear, surely the devil was lurking around looking for a more opportune time. But he explained the the process here. Here's how you know that the enemy doesn't understand the wisdom and the things of God. Because he would have left Jesus alone. Yes. He said unless he falls into the ground and dies. And he said wheat. We know there's a difference between wheat and tares. Correct? Yes. Wheat is the good, the good part. Tares is what's going to be thrown into the fire. Right? So mm-hmm. unless the wheat falls into the ground and dies. It remains alone. So if Jesus, that's why he said, it's better that I go. Let me go do the work that God asked me to because there's more coming. There's there's extra beyond this. He would have been just one Messiah living forever, marching around the earth and having to do miracles. But when he died in obedience to what the Father said, he died a spotless lamb, right? He redeemed all of us who would ever come and believe on the name of Christ. The, the many nations that would come from Abraham, those are the seed of Abraham is the seed of faith. There's a natural seed, but the bigger one is the seed of faith. Has access now because of the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Okay. That's also why he's the boss. He's the head of the body. And that's it. And that's why he's superior. It is in his name that we go into all the world. Right? Yes. And make yes. disciples of men, tread upon serpents, all of those things. We do it in his name, which is what you pointed out, LaCharles. Not in our own strength or authority, because there is none. We could not have delivered ourselves from this if we wanted to. Only authority given through Christ. Mm-hmm. 
in his name. Yeah, exactly. Anyone else or anything else? All right. What else did you want? What else did you have to say, Layla? In chapter one of Colossians, um, I'll read verses 10 and 11. Okay. Um, And it says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Mm-hmm. Well, I was reminded of a few different scriptures. Okay. Um, okay. Like Hebrews chapter <laughs> 11. Verse 6. Okay. And it says, um, But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Did he say something similar in Matthew to that? that he, what do you mean? Please be more specific. Yes. God is always talking about faith. I mean, in various capacities. But he was talking about seeking first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And then all these things are added to you? Yes. Yes. There is also scripture where he says he does the things that are pleasing to the Lord. That's his desire, essentially. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. His desire was to do the Father's will. Which is why he says... I only say what the Father says. I only do what the Father does. And he also says that the teaching that Jesus gave wasn't his. Mm -hmm. But if anyone was willing, he would understand the teaching and where it came from, whether it came from God or whether he was speaking of himself, which means out of himself, out of the flesh. Right? Yes. But we know that it was not out of his flesh because he only says what the Father says and he only did what the Father did. Mm-hmm. So, again, as our pattern and example, we should follow suit. That's mm-hmm. how we should live and fashion our life. Every aspect of it. To be so in tune with the Father through the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit who takes from the Father and reveals it to us, mm-hmm. that we clearly hear his voice and are able to say and do what he is leading us to say and do mm-hmm. when he's instructing us to do it and how. Mm-hmm. And it's full of success, not, not partially, not mostly, <laughs> not I'm doing it, but I'm going to do it in this, this manner instead. Mm-hmm. Right? As in more harsh or more severe or um, we could say even more um, more compassionate than it's supposed to be, uh, that is softer. Oh, well, compassion is an attribute of God, so nicer. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Sugarcoating. Exactly. Let's just nice as a human. say what he says to say, how he says to say it, <clears throat> when he mm-hmm. says to say it, and the same thing for doing. Do what he says to do, when he says to do it, how he says to do it. Mm-hmm. Or that's, that's complete and total obedience mm-hmm. to the Father. That's what glorifies Him. That's what makes Him pleased with us. It also demonstrates our faithfulness to Him. Or it says that Jesus was faithful in, in everything, even to death on a cross, or obedient, mm-hmm. faithful. You can use them almost all but interchangeably especially when you really study out what obedience is and disobedience. And disobedience, he states it plainly, is, is a breaking of faith. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So Jesus, as our pattern example, we should be conducting ourselves in like manner. That's being conformed to his image. 
Just we are made in his image, but it's deeper than that. Next step is, I'll say, not acting. Because that denotes an aspect of being ingenuine or fake, yes. But in sincerity, out of our love for the Lord, our Father. Obeying what he commands us. What he's saying to us. Thank you, honey. What else you got, Layla? Did you have anything else that you wanted to say? Oh, yes. Um, to bring those scriptures back full swing, as Dad likes to say it. Full circle? I, yes. Um, I have tried, and speaking in my own experience, to do things that God has asked me to do in my own way. And, yes, I failed miserably. And now, as I, since I've been a little bit older, gotten a little bit older, and I can see why it wouldn't have worked, and I'm like, well, almost like taking formulas in math, there are multiple ways you can solve an equation, but with God, there's only one way you can do it, and that's the way he says to do it. You can't make some counterfeit money, if you will, counterfeit formula to get his results. Because if that were the case, since Satan is the master at counterfeit, wouldn't he have figured it out already? But he didn't because you can't do that. It's It doesn't work. It doesn't matter if you stand upside down on your head and blink your eyes three times in rapid succession and then swallow really hard. You can't. <laughs> yes. There is no alternate path. Yes. And Jesus so, said very plainly, he was, what? The, the way, way is. The, the way. truth is. The way, the truth, and the mm-hmm. life. Is and was and is. Mm-hmm. The way, the truth, and the life. Yes? Yes. Okay. You see throughout scripture, people have tried to find an alternate route. It does not work. doesn't. It never worked. Nope. Nope. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. Through verse 10. It says, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, Burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that, by that, I'm sorry, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So it goes to both points that we've been talking about so far in this section of um, Colossians chapter 1 why he is the firstborn from the dead, and also he made a commitment to do the will of the Lord. You you said, I tried to do these things, meaning, oh, well, I'll see how it goes. I'll give it a shot, see how it goes. Whereas Jesus was committed. That was a statement of fact and truth, but that was his determination. That was his mindset. That was his will. My will is to do your will, O Lord which caused him to then follow suit with his actions. So um, when you are doing things and you endeavor and you seek to do things God's way, you have to first commit. I come to do your will, oh God. That has to be your, your stance because once you make a commitment and a stand on it, nothing can sway you. You're not tossed to and fro. You're not unstable in all your ways, a double-minded man, right, or woman. Yes. yes. A double-minded person is someone who has not made a decision. As soon as the wind blows, they're like, oh, maybe I'll go this way. And then blows again, oh, no, I'm going that way. Right, which is the opposite of even how Jesus described John the Baptist, right? He said, what did you come out to see? A reed shaking in the wind? Right? In other words, someone swayed by the breeze wherever it blows. So if you come and talk mean to me, I'll stop saying what God said. Or if you tell me you don't like me, 
Or if you tell me you like me too much, I'll go and do what you want me to do now. But that's not how John the Baptist was. Right? He was in prison, still ministering, still speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, yes, it it cost him his life. Mm -hmm. But it didn't change him or who, what he believed and who he believed in, which was the Lord. Mm -hmm. And a desire to be obedient to what he said. To finish out the mission that God assigned him to. He was a forerunner, right? Declaring, make straight the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Preparing those hearts to return to their place and focus and softening and all of those things that he was designed and created to do. I like um, a couple of things here. Uh, okay. Verse 15 for a second. Um, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. I love yes. this verse because it includes, and I'll say captures, but it, it highlights both both the deity of God, of Jesus Christ, that the fact that he is fully God, but also the firstborn, that is a natural thing. People are born out of flesh and blood, right? They're born yes. in the spirit as well through salvation, but... Him being the firstborn over all creation reaches back to John in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Not anything was made that was made without him, right? So, And the word um, became flesh and dwelt, and dwelt among, among us. Amen. Thank you, Annie. So that verse talks about his godness. He's fully a part of the Godhead, and then... Bringing him into, yes, he took on the, the form of mankind through obedience, but he's still over all creation and brings him back to being God. Like, you see God, humanity, then God <laughs> in fullness again. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. That's the same process that Jesus took, right? He was in the beginning, you know, let there be light. There he was. Then we see him coming, you know, the... the um when Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and he was born and then he was subject to his earthly parents and then he died and was resurrected for us and now he has ascended to the right hand of the Father, fully glorified. And I just I just love that little section right there, um, looking at that, that um, comparison, if you will, that capture of the process that Jesus has gone through on our behalf. But then, looking at the side of the believer, God wants us to know what his will is. Uh, Verse 9, the second part of it, filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So that means he not only wants us to know what he wants from us and what what he wants from us personally, what he wants from us in our family, what he wants from us in our scope and sphere of influence, but then to the world around us, the communities that we live in and what he's doing in the earth. But then he says, in all wisdom, that means knowing how to do what you need to do, when you need to do it, and how to function in the will of the Lord. Wisdom gives us skill to carry things out versus going, well, I see what you want, but I don't know how to do it, God. Nope, he gave the whole thing. And he also says spiritual understanding, so you know times and seasons, and you're just like, thank you, God. You got the whole thing laid out here. You not only want us to know what to do, but you equipped us with the wisdom and the spiritual um, acuity to recognize your time and season. Because God may be saying, okay, this is what I want for you. You know, when he's asking John the Baptist and speaking these things over him, did he mean do that when he was an infant? (laughs) Laying, you know, still suckling from his mother? He hadn't even been weaned? No, he meant it when he was a man. But to have the spiritual understanding to know when to apply what God is guiding us to, when his will, this particular part of it, is to be manifested. That is also very important. So um, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And all of that comes together so that we, we are able to walk worthy of the Lord and be fully pleasing to him. Being in season matters just as much as the what. The when is just as important as the what and the why. It's just as valuable because if you're trying to do the what and the why and you're out of season, you'll still have the same difficulties and failure 
it'll still not co-op, not come together fully because you're out of season for it. But if you do it in season, that's like if I want to plant, I want a peach orchard. I love peaches and I want to, I want to have fruit, but I'm trying to plant in the wrong season. And at the I, end of summer, <laughs> what'd you say, right? How was that going to work out? As soon as the first frost comes on the little That's it. sapling bud or the ground might not warm enough to cause the seed to germinate. So the seed will not finish the process and it'll end up rotting because it doesn't have the warmth that it needs. The ground has to be warm. The sun has to be readily visible. So I may say, you know, God may say, I got a plan for you to be a peach farmer. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to do it. I need some I need some peach seeds. So I got my seed, but I throw it in the ground and I throw it in the wrong season. And then the whole harvest dies. The whole crop dies and there is no harvest. Then that person would go, God, you didn't tell me this. God, you didn't love me. You no, know, God loves you and he did tell you, but you did you failed to discern the season that it was supposed to come to pass. Changes the whole scenario, right? Yes. Changes yes. the whole thing. So we see here that God has provided for us to not only know what he wants, how to go about it, and when. He provided all of that so that way we could be fully pleasing to him. Fully pleasing. Jesus didn't come out and start his ministry one second before it was time. He understood seasons. So likewise for us, you know, as you're praying over yourself, keep this in mind. Meditate on that, Lord, you and confess that you, you've given to me to know your will. Fill me up with the knowledge of your will and all the wisdom. Right? James tells us if anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask. Right? Yes. God gives us wisdom liberally. And you see here that that's a, two witnesses. But then he also says throughout the Old Testament, especially in Proverbs, seek wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's calling. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. yes. Okay. Seek it out. Search it out. Get wisdom. Mm-hmm. And when we let all of those things come together, we'll be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I mean, you. That, mm-hmm. to me, that's very plain. And when we are successful, it strengthens us, right? We're encouraged. Our faith is increased. Our boldness is increased. Our confidence the Bible tells us not to cast away our confidence, which has great recompense of reward. But when you fail, do you feel more confident or less? Less. But when you're successful, your confidence is boosted, right? And you're yes. like, you'll stand up and go just like David. You delivered me from the, the hand, the paw, the lion, and the bear. You're going to deliver me here too. But if if David had been, you know, his arm bitten off by the lion <laughs> or his face scratched up by the bear, he would have been like, well, I don't know. You know, he would have had some questions. But he was filled with the knowledge of God. <laughs> he had wisdom how to go about it and spiritual understanding of times and seasons. And he was able to be fruitful, which stirred and increased his confidence in who his God is. And not only who big God is, you know, somewhere out there in the mystic realm, but who God is in my life, what he will do for me. He hears my prayers. But then the follow-on, or the second part of that is, mm-hmm. because of that, that confidence, knowing the times, knowing the seasons, just being in the perfect will of the Lord, what, what was the result? He succeeded. Yeah, he mm-hmm. succeeded, but he also stirred up everyone else's faith mm-hmm. immediately. And they charged forward to attack and defeat the enemy to drive out well, in David's case, the Philistines, mm-hmm. right? Immediately, they didn't wait. It wasn't, oh, well, three months later or a year later, now we'll, we have enough faith to go do this. Mm-hmm. Instantly, mm-hmm. people started moving forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I'll say it in this way. Where are we? Are we like David? Are we moving forward from victory to victory? Stirring up other people's faith to, I'll say, bring them in to a right relationship with the Lord, moving forward, knowing who he is, his nature, his character, and his will? Or not? Mm-hmm. How do you know the will of the Lord? 
How could anyone hope to know the will of the Lord? You ask him. Yeah, that, that's a that's a nice easy answer. Mm-hmm. But where do you start in that? How about looking in your Bible? Okay, spend time meditating on the Word. We see Joshua. He had both the God told him to meditate on the written Word, right, day and night, and not mm-hmm. let it depart, because that that is a root and a grounding for our souls, right? Yes. And then incorporate what you're hearing from the Lord. Let the let the spoken word of God minister to you and let the the written word of God sustain you, let it ground you. Right? Because God's not going to violate his own word. Amen. He'll give you revelation into things that you didn't understand that you may not have took it that taken it that way, you may not have understood fully by reading the scriptures, but the Holy Spirit gives you revelation to go, "No, this is what I'm talking about." But the spoken and the written word cooperate with one another. And each points us to Jesus Christ. And then, so, but don't try to take one without the other. You have the written word before you. Meditate day and night. Also cultivate a relationship with the Lord where you can clearly hear him and what he is saying to you. Whether it's audibly, whether it's on the uh, internally in your heart, right, and in your mind, what you're I'll say you, your innermost being is is sensing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's gonna he'll also back it up in scripture. He's not gonna violate himself. He's not a man that he should lie. Oh. He holds his word above his very name. So mm-hmm. no, he's not gonna do anything contrary. He's not going to say anything to you that's contrary to his word. Mm-hmm. You can trust it in him. But also we should move forward in it because we can trust him. We have faith in him. And when you know, when you spend time in the written word, you will recognize the spoken word more readily because of that very fact that he does not violate himself. He's not a man that he should lie. And he does not lie. It's impossible for him to lie. So you can rest assured and trust in him and not worry about, well, what if the enemy tries to... You'll recognize it. Well, your word says this. So for you to be telling me, uh, get out of here, Satan, right? Yes. And God is faithful. He won't allow you. When we come with sincere and genuine trust and seeking of him, he always protects us. When we come and ask for a fish, he doesn't give us a snake. When we ask for bread, he doesn't give us a stone, right? Yes. But he does give us the Holy Spirit. That's right. Who takes from the Father. And discloses it to us, reveals Mm -hmm. it to us, so that we can move forward. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Now we just have to apply it to our lives. Mm -hmm. And verse 11 talks about, um, this is Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. The latter part of the Scripture, we talked about um, the beginning, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, which is working through our faith, right? Excuse me. But it says, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Mm. Patience and long-suffering can be interchangeable um, sometimes in how it's used in the scriptures. But it's also fruit of the Spirit, right? It's It's a attribute, an attribute of love, which is the fruit of the Spirit. But he says, be patient and long-suffering. With a bad attitude? No. With joy. With joy. With a nasty tone in your, your voice and no. <laughs> complaining, grumbling. Okay, well, no. Long-suffering. I think it doesn't qualify for long-suffering and patience if it's not done with joy. Mm-hmm. And we talked about times and seasons, right? Yes. Yes. Says and for yet a little while the one who tarries will come. So we're we're being patient and waiting for the arrival, the return of our Lord and Savior when He comes through the clouds and you know He's yeah. coming in triumph, no longer a little baby coming into the world, but a triumphant Savior, right? Messiah, Most High, coming back to finish up some business to take care of some things. But we are long suffering in that process. 
you know, some people are like, Lord, I just got saved. Take me away. You know, <laughs> <laughs> let me get out of here now while it's still good. <laughs> but he wants us to remain. And he didn't pray that we'd be taken out of the world, but that in the world we'd be kept from the wicked one. Right. Yes. And equipped with all the the um, the weapons and the, the joys of the father. So that way we can persevere and continue to conquer and occupy until he comes. Right. Make the world look like him. Versus letting the world make us look like them. So we are long-suffering in many ways, but with joy. Yes, it stinks going through school sometimes. But if you take it with a good attitude, you'll reap a harvest on the other side of it. Be long-suffering in your education. Because it's important. God gave it to you for a reason. Or even going through various trials or challenges, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you brought up Joshua earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind that Joshua, at some point in the all those years of warfare and driving out the enemy and claiming the land, mm-hmm. right, that the Lord had given him, mm-hmm. got tired of warfare. Mm-hmm. I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's great to see the victory after victory, but when you're just living a life of constant warfare, that can get tiring. Mm-hmm. Not just for the leader, but you've got what, however many millions of people, a whole nation that he's also leading and, and encouraging and equipping, and right? all these things that have to happen mm-hmm. in order to maintain and keep going and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. However, what was the greater thing? To get tired in the moment, to quit, no. to settle, mm-hmm. or to move forward in the things of the Lord and, and receive it in its fullness? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's also an example for our own lives. Yeah, some of the things are not always fun. What does it say about Christ, though? Learned obedience through his suffering. Mm-hmm. He chose to be obedient, regardless of what, his, what pain he was experiencing, what discomfort, displeasure, mm-hmm. what, what his feelings or emotions were, were screaming at him. Mm-hmm. He chose to be pleasing to the Lord, to do the Lord's will, in spite of whatever was going on, I'll say, internally, externally with him. Mm-hmm. That's our pattern example. Mm-hmm. We should continue to move out of obedience and love for the Father, or out of love for the Father, mm-hmm. in obedience to the Lord. Our desire to see him pleased with us, and that he be glorified. I know as I look at, at this, and both, I'll say, from verse 15 on until the end, it, it talks a lot about the Lord being first and Him creating. Mm-hmm. Uh, just It talks a lot about creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reminded of Isaiah 44. Um, I'll say verses 6 through 8. Um And yes, yes. Okay, verses 6 through 8. Yep, this okay. is the Lord's, uh, one of <laughs> the Lord's own testimonies of himself. All right, in a word he revealed to you, Isaiah, and yes, he's talking about, or I'll say comparing or contrasting himself, that is God, with other gods mm-hmm. right, or idols. And he says, thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set it in order for me. Since I appointed the ancient people, and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show these to them. Do not fear, nor be afraid. Have I not told you that from that time and declared it? Have I not told you from that time and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? No. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. Amen. And this is the Lord who knows the end from the beginning. Amen. And and declares it and and created everything. And Mm -hmm. yes, you brought up Genesis where it does talk about creation. Mm Mm-hmm. But then if we look in Job, which is a very interesting (laughs) um, book, but 
starting in chapter 38. Um, and this is after, you know, Job has gone through and received counsel from his friends and experienced all these trials and challenges and hardships. The Lord absolutely reveals himself to Job in a, a different way, but also they have a, I'll say, a heart-to-heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a man-to-man. <laughs> a God-to-man God God man conversation? Yeah. Absolutely, yes. That's funny. Um, just the first, I'll read the first four verses, if you will. Um, there's another verse i got to find, right? It says, The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. And what's the first question he asked? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Hallelujah. Tell me if you have understanding. So the Lord himself is saying, I did this. I did this. Not you, not anyone else. If you, if you know, tell me how, how it was done. Oh, you don't. Okay. Well, then you have to, you should trust me since mm-hmm. I did it, right? Amen. There's other scripture which says uh, that he speaks things into existence that were not as though they were, right? That's that's a paraphrased version of that. Um. There was another verse just right in that in chapter thirty eight that I wanted to read. It was oh, um, I gotta find it first. Oh, in verse twelve, right? He asked Job, "Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused dawn to know its place?" Hmm. Right? No. I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> sure haven't. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say verses. Yes. Uh, verses 19 through 21. Where is the way to the dwelling of light? In darkness, where is its place? That you may take it to its territory. That you know the paths to its home. Do you know it because you were born then? Or because the number of your days is great? No. <laughs> you do not. None of us do. Because uh, it's also stated in Scripture that... Man's breath is but a vapor, yeah. as in our days on earth. It's but a vapor, but yet the Lord chooses to acknowledge us, care for us, love us mm-hmm. enough to redeem us, Amen. that we could be with him. He set all those things in place and in motion. Amen. He's the first and the last, right? And it, it says that multiple times in Revelation. Mm-hmm. Multiple. Excuse me. Um, Revelation twenty two thirteen. I am the Alpha and Omega, or the Aleph and the Tav, depending on which version you're reading. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. That's God's own statement of himself, who he is. It is our job to choose to come into alignment with that. Absolutely. Hebrews 11, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, mm-hmm. so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So verse 16 of Colossians chapter 1 is talking a lot about um, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Now, mind you, he didn't create them in their evil state. Um, you know, like Satan was not created as Satan. He was created as Lucifer. He was good. And then iniquity was found in him, and he corrupted himself and became Satan. Uh, but just looking at... The, uh, you know, as you were reading about Job, you know, the things that went on in creation, and it was framed, that everything was framed by the word of God. Well, it's like even what Jesus says, right? Not just about the framing part, but about his existence. Mm-hmm. Um, in John eight fifty eight, right, Jesus is talking to the people at the temple, and, and they're questioning him, saying, you're not even 50 years old, years old, but yet you're, you claim to know Abraham. 
It's a paraphrased mm-hmm. version. And what's Jesus' response? Truly, truly, I tell you, Jesus declared, before Abraham was born, I am. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's like Jesus flexing his muscles. Yep. You know, that that's my natural perspective of it, you know. But he is God. But it also goes right into what we were reading in Isaiah 44, right? It talks about the Father. It says, and the Redeemer. That was his son, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So right there, Old Testament, already stating what was to be. Amen. And you know in verse 58, why they got mad at him was when he said, I am. What did Moses say to the people when he said, God, who, who do I tell them sent me? God said what? I, I am. I am that I am. I am who I am. So when Jesus said, I am, they were like, ah, you're calling yourself God. But he is truly, in fact, God. He is the I am. Mm-hmm. Well, let's also, I'll say, I want to build on that. Because the people there, especially in the temple, there there was a lot going on. But these were people that called themselves children of Abraham and, and Moses, right? Mm-hmm. And sought after the Lord, or so they claimed. But here was the Lord in their face, if you will, telling them who he was. And yet they, they missed it. They chose to, to not believe. They refused to Refused to him. believe. Yes, it's a better way. I was, yeah. was being very gracious. Yes. Right? Well, no, so, I mean, that's just what it is. Right. Okay. But the thing goes to, to us, right? Just like these people, or just like I said here in, in Colossians in, in verse 10, right? That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Not just knowing about him, but knowing who he is. Right? And and I love verse 9, because this is the second time Paul is mentions this specific thing. That he is praying for them. Mm-hmm. Right? He's praying for the church that they are able to do these things described in verse 10. Mm-hmm. And yes, Paul's not there per se um, in, in Colossae, or Colossae, but he's still praying for them. Mm-hmm. Whether he met these people ever or not, doesn't matter. He was still praying for them, interceding on their behalf that they could come into knowledge and understanding, actually truly knowing the Lord and true relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And growing. And yes, he understood that takes time, which is why he was continually praying or interceding for them on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Desiring that they come into that. Absolutely. And him writing it down on paper in this letter was letting them know that it's possible. Now they could join their faith and agree with him in what he's praying for them instead of resisting it. If two of you, two or more of you on earth agree, agree, agree as of touching anything, right? Yes. yes. So agreement is so important amongst the body of Christ. And in our prayer time, if we're at odds or, if, you know, I'm praying for you and you're resisting it, what good is that prayer? But if you can come into alignment with it, what the will of the Lord is concerning you and agree, how much power is going forth? The Lord is there in the midst of it, right? Yes. 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 Now we've become... Uh, co-laborers versus adversaries. But then also, it's a reminder. You're not walking alone. Mm-hmm. Even when you feel like you're alone, mm-hmm. you have the Lord there with you. because He says he'd never leave, never leave us or forsake us. Mm-hmm. But also, he has sent other fellow brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ to walk with us, alongside mm-hmm. us, if you will, as mm-hmm. we choose to walk, right? To encourage us, to admonish us, to move forward in the Lord, in knowledge of him, in mm-hmm. the things of him, in his perfect will mm-hmm. for our lives. Because, no, we don't always get it. We don't always, even if we have some understanding, it's not always mm-hmm. full and complete, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also a, even if I've never met people, I know that there are people praying for me and for us. And mm-hmm. and we are doing the same for others. Mm-hmm. E- even if, for whatever reason, we can't communicate 
they, you know, if we've never officially met, right? Phone call, email, whatever. I know that the Lord has sent people to pray for us, and He has sent us to pray for others. Mm-hmm. And it is our job and our role to do that continuously. And that's something I've I've seen that in my my own personal life, um, both on the receiving and the sending in of intercessory prayer. Um, and it's often when the believer feels like they're the most alone, that mm-hmm. um, like nobody cares, nobody's there. God, I'm by myself. Well, first of all, He said we have all things because He Himself has said He'll never leave us or forsake us, as you've already stated, honey. Um, but also. I've, you know, spent time in prayer, and God's just talking about people, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. Well, it doesn't matter. I don't need to know as long as you could. The Lord knows. <laughs> and he's like, pray for it as though it's your own self or, you know, someone that is very dear to your heart and won't release um, me from prayer until he gets what he desires so he can accomplish what he will in that person that person's life, and they don't even know it. Sometimes I've had the opportunity to talk to them, you know, like God brings it about later, and I've been able to speak with them mm-hmm. and— you know, well, or God was telling me this, you know, and you're like, well, this very time I was going through something. So, you know, there's times that that's happened. Sometimes it's been absolute strangers. Sometimes it's been years ahead of when they would actually need it, like sent out into the, the spiritual realm so it can mature before the person even got to that point. Sometimes yeah. it's been serious things. And I've known that there are times where I felt like, God, I know you're here, Lord, but everybody else. I'm alone. I'm, al- I'm, I'm alone, you know. <laughs> and, you know, God's like, I got this. You, Please, I already sent word long before you even knew something was going on that you would come to this time. And oftentimes the enemy tries to put pressure on the mind of the believer so that they won't look up and cry out to Jesus. They won't look up and see his salvation. But remember, when you saturate yourself with the word of God, when you spend time in his presence— even though it feels like you know you're walking through the sh- the valley of the shadow of death, God is there with you. He's always been with you. Before you knew He was there, He was by your side. He was covering you. He was carrying you. He was sending others to pray on your behalf. And you know there are prayer prayer warriors that get in there, absolutely, and they are spending hours upon hours upon hours hearing from the Holy Spirit to pray His will and His word into the earth according to what. The Holy Spirit is directing them, and they're faithful to do that. So I know if he has me praying for someone else, and he'll put people on your hearts, and if he has you doing that, how much more does he have others doing that for you? So, like, the magnificence and the majesty of God is so immense. It is beyond finding out. Trust his goodness. Trust his love for you. Trust the fact that things that you couldn't even, as he, you know, like, kind of giving Job a glimpse of that, things that you couldn't even fathom, he's thought out. Not only thought it out, but he's planned it, he's sent it into the world, and it's already working. It's already on its way to coming to pass, or has come to pass, or any of those things. He's got it. Trust him. Climb up in your daddy's hands and go, okay, Lord, thank you. I trust you. Do the work that he asked you to do. But your faith, your thoughts, do not worry Cast your cares on Jesus because he cares for you to that degree, to that extent. And remember, there's more with us than there are with them. There's more believers. There's more heavenly hosts and angels. God himself is on our side. Say, even, if there was, even if it was only you and the Lord, that's enough. That's more. <laughs> he created everything. He just spoke it. And it was. That's more. It's enough. He's enough. He is enough. And... There's no devil in hell. There's no person that's cooperating with him that can stop you or stop the plan of God in your life. There's no counsel against the Lord. There's that's right. Nothing can stand against him. Nothing. The chariot may be prepared for battle. <laughs> they may <laughs> spend their time putting the wheels on and lubing, oil, oiling them up and you know greasing their saddles down and putting a little fancy stuff on. Victory belongs to the Lord. You know, when the Egyptians were chasing the children of Israel into the the Red Sea, first of all, God opened the sea for them. So, like, why would you question anything else he ever did, <laughs> ever? Uh-huh. It was a Red Sea. Like, come on. Come on. He opened it, and you went across on dry ground. But it says that he troubled the Egyptians. He troubled the people that were troubling them, made their wheels fall off. And so you ride till the wheels fall off. Like, <laughs> that's her. God did that first. <laughs> he took the wheels off of that, made it hard for them to pursue his people. 
on the little bitty minimal trust that they offered him. How much more will he do it for you? Will he show himself strong on the part of those who believe him and trust him? But that first comes with the relationship. Mm-hmm. All right, we've already said Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's up to every person individually for themselves. Absolutely. That's to choose to come into that, or I'll say come into alignment with him and who the Lord is. He's the first and the last. He is the Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. It's up to us to align ourselves with that. Yep. And while right, That's verse 12. Or, sorry. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you have done that is too great for the Lord to not cover in his blood. That he redeemed you. Yes, Mm -hmm. you have to bring it. You have to bring it to him. You have to be willing and willingly allow him to come into your life and make it right. He's not going to push you over, bonk you in the head and take it from you. You have to Mm -hmm. lay it at his feet. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And, and he's willing to do and able to do all mm-hmm. he said he will do. Amen. The kingdom of the son of his love, that kingdom is what we were talking about, where he's got intercessors intercessors praying on your behalf. The Holy Spirit's ministering and carrying you and keeping you and taking you across, you know, on dry ground, making a way for you, like bringing the valleys up so that it's easy for you to walk across and bringing the mountains down where it's nice and flat and straight for you. And not even a crooked curve in it, but just a straight line. That's God doing that. Be willing to do whatever you have to to stand in Jesus Christ. But also know he's on his side, making it the path straight for you, making the place smooth. And you can be encouraged by someone else's faith, like y'all looking like, yeah, yeah, God, we can do this. Woo! But you have to have your own faith. It's your own faith that will cause you to stand in when it seems dark. It's your own faith that will cause you to remain and endure. You got to have your own faith working in there as well. Okay? Because while I can join my faith with yours, there's got to be something on the inside of you to join with. Cultivate the faith on the inside of you. Your gift that God gave you, cultivate it to be used for his glory. Okay. Everybody say hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. All right, who wants to close this out in prayer? Layla? I Go for most it, Layla. certainly will. <laughs> All right. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your word, Lord. And I ask that you will cover your children and that you will lift them up, Lord, and deliver them from the hand of the enemy, Lord. And I ask that you will come through and show yourself in need this election, Lord, and that you your will will be done in earth, Lord, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, in America, and that rules supreme, Lord. And I ask that you will strengthen your children, Lord, so that they may stand and help them make the right decisions and not crumble underneath pressure, Lord, and backslide, because I know you are strong, Lord, and I know that you will strengthen us and you will help us, Lord. And I know there is nothing... Too big, too great, too small, too anything for you, Lord, that you cannot do. And I know that your arm has not grown short that you can't save, Lord. And so I ask that you will continue to be you, Lord, as we follow, Lord, in faith and in love and with patience, long-suffering, and with joy. Most certainly your joy, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. We receive all that, Lord. We we take it by faith. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, don't don't spend time praying and then not receive it at the end. <laughs> take that by faith. Don't don't waste your time now. Absolutely. Make it count. Make it right. We take it by faith, Lord. We thank you for that. We have it. Yes. In full expectation. We do. We love you all. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh! I wanted to say before we go. Okay. We're on a variety of listening platforms now: um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Stitcher. Google Podcast and even Amazon Music. So you can go, hey Alexa, find a day of prayer.org and listen to the podcast. So find us and follow us or like us on any or all of those platforms or those websites. And we'd greatly appreciate it. We thank you guys for being with us again and we hope to join with you again tomorrow. 
Absolutely. We love you all. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>